This is the Friday, May 28th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Another week wrapping up. No TV show today, but we have you here on the pod and in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball, and we are going to finish the week strong, Joseph. Are we, Doug? Because I had the under in that uh, Nuggets-Blazers game last night, and I think they scored about 100 points in the final 40 seconds. So uh, I have to question whether or not I'm going to finish the week strong. I got to question it at this point. 21 points in the final 43 seconds. I sympathize with you. And how about second half under betters? Because of the putback by Jokic, it goes over by one. Um, <laughs> pretty painful, in addition to the 19 other points in the 43 se- final 43 seconds. So really a tough one. I was just sitting there. I didn't have any action on that. I was just sitting there flabbergasted. But uh, it's a make-or-miss league, as they say, and those who backed Portland, like myself, certainly can't, you know – it is what it is. You just, you know, Austin Rivers going off versus wide open threes for the Blazers. And it just is what it is. So we turn why the page. we drink and it's why What's we turn that? the page. It's, why, it's we... why we drink and it's why we turn the page. <laughs> Very well put. So we've seen some line movement on this Knicks Hawks game. I talked about how I really like the Hawks on the show yesterday. Uh, it's up to five. I shouldn't say really like, I like the Hawks, but um, do you have any, I mean, look for me, it's Hawks showed me a lot. Coming home, I just think that 35-point second half just sort of crumbled a little bit. I, I trust them here. Obviously, Knicks are, are – I, I feel like the road teams do play a little looser once they get on the road here. So, it's not an automatic. We saw that with Denver being really confident, but it was Portland's terrible defense too. And um, I expect them to be pretty loose, the Knicks, but I, I still like the Hawks here. I like the Hawks as well. I came into this series liking the Knicks in seven. I thought it was going to be tightly contested. Even though it's 1-1 coming to Atlanta, I think the Hawks have been much better. I really do. I know the final scores have been close. I know the series is close. I think Atlanta has been the better team. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play the Hawks minus three in the first half. All right? They they dominated the first half in each of the first two games of the series. They only won game one in the first half by two points. But it was on the road, and they had a great first quarter. Then in game two, which they ended up losing, they won the first half by 13 points. This is on the road. They have fired well from the gate. In addition, they're coming home where they're 17 and four against the spread over the last 21. This has been a very, very good home team, especially because of the defensive splits on the road this year. The Hawks are 26th in defensive rating but when they're playing at home, seventh, Doug, seventh in defensive rating offense doesn't have much of a fluctuation for them on the road at home. They're roughly the same between eighth and 11th, but the defensive splits are incredible. This is a team that shot 27% from deep in game two. I see a little positive regression there. Going to be tightly contested again, but I like the Hawks to jump on the Knicks in the first half, minus three. You know, I can't blame you there. It's tough. The Knicks are like the best first quarter team, though, aren't they? I mean, first half team, I should say. They They were the dominant in the game ATS this year, but they were really dominant in the first half. They are a top 10 team in terms of first half scoring differential, but when you talk about spreads and bring that into play, They've been outstanding. It's just the main reason for this is the way Atlanta has jumped on them in this series. And they've done it on the road at the garden in front of the crowd with a young team led by Trey Young. You would assume that Atlanta would need a little bit of time to shake that off and get used to the environment. And it's been anything but. They've been all over the Knicks. This is one of the teams that can really combat them in the first half. Yeah, no, right there with you. So um, I uh, I can't blame you. Look, I, I think the Hawks, 
I touched on this yesterday in the show is that they're getting healthy, right? For so much of the year, they were not healthy. They didn't have their full complement of shooters surrounding Trey Young. And they're also getting their defense right too, like Hunter and some guys like that. So um, I've been impressed with, with Atlanta's performance in this series. For me, I'm going to go to my, what my best bet was on the show yesterday. I like the, I like the Sixers here. Look, we don't know about Russell Westbrook's health, but just in general, it's a really bad matchup for the Wiz. And I don't see that like want to, that killer instinct, if you will. They've played well, especially in game one. And Westbrook always brings it. Don't get me wrong. I've never questioned his intensity. But I just feel like they know they're overmatched. And the Sixers, they're on a mission. I mean, look, there's going to be a little bit of relaxation here. But I think ultimately it's a cheap number, five and a half over the course of four quarters. So I just think that the Sixers need to take care of business here. I think there are two series that are very similar. This is one of them. I would lay those points as well. I'd also lay the eight with uh, Brooklyn over Boston. Similar situation. I think you have two very good teams in the Nets and the Sixers who came into the playoffs, got a little bit of a scare in game one from two teams that are probably out of gas here late in the season, figured out ways to make the adjustments, hammered the opposition in game two, and now it's on to figuring out how to put them away as fast as possible. I think Philly's in a position now where they can do that. They've tried and missed in the playoffs for so long. Now you're the number one seed. Be done with Washington. They've got to be out of gas at this point. They're battling a lot. Finish them off if you're going to be a serious contender. And the same thing with Brooklyn. They had that. They struggled in the first half against Boston. Boston, I think the perception of Boston is off. They lost 9 of 14 going into the play-in. And then they hammered Washington. And all of a sudden, we started talking about Brad Stevens and the Celtics. And maybe they'll find something. They're still without Jalen Brown, and they're still a team that was wildly inconsistent this year. They went up against – they took a big step up in class against the Nets, and the Nets have been pulverizing them. I think the Nets are having fun, to be honest. This is the first time this season you've had all three guys out there on the court having fun to this extent. It, it, there's something on the line. It matters. I think Brooklyn's going to pulverize Boston. I don't care that, this, that the series is moving back to the Northeast where uh, the Celtics play. Who ruins a money line parlay with the Nets and Sixers? Oh, <laughs> uh, the health of, of Westbrook is obviously very big with all of that. If someone's going to do it, I mean, after I just went on that big rant about the Nets pulverizing the Celtics, probably the Celtics, because it would burn me with a big rant like that. So, yeah, I can see well, that back. I mean, look, they're going to be at home, the crowd, <laughs> Kyrie, but I just, it's good. It's hard for them to have. I mean, look, Marcus Smart hit like every three the other night. They still got blown out. I, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a very tempting money line parlay. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> all right, so I got to round it out. You know, there's no... Let me throw, let me throw one more NBA out there because I know what you're going for, and I love it. I'm going to throw okay. one more out there. I, I'm Hold your nose. I am going to play the Clippers tonight. Now up to two and a half on the road against the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks are going to be a very popular public dog. They're up 2-0. The narrative on the Clippers is that they suck in the postseason, which they have, so I completely understand why people would buy into that. I think now is the time to jump on the Clippers. It's mainly based on regression. Dallas has been shooting the lights out in this series. 54% from the floor, 50% from deep. That's not for one game. That's for both games in the series. That is an insane number that's going to come down. We saw that. We talked about it in the Nuggets-Blazers game. The Blazers were shooting damn near 50% from deep. That had to regress, and we saw that last night. I think the same thing happens here. Conversely, look at the Clippers, number one team in three-point shooting during the regular season at 41%. They're shooting just 32% from the series. I think they get a little bit better from deep. I think the Mavs fall off a little bit. The Clippers come in and steal this game when the public's going to be all over the Mavericks. Clippers minus two and a half. 
bold. The lines tricked up, trickled up a little bit too. How do you feel about the Heat uh, Bucks game four at four and a half? Is anyone going to bet the Heat? I, I have. There, there will be some contrarians out there that that sniff this one out. I have no reason to get behind the Heat. I've been behind the Heat from the beginning. Played them in game one and lost. Played them in games two and in the first half in game three, lost both of those. Well, game one, I won it covered, but they didn't. I like them for this series. Milwaukee's overwhelming them, and they are getting pummeled out of the gate. Yesterday, when they came home for that series, they should have been better. They should have at least fired a little bit better out of the gates, and they got rolled. So I, I have no faith whatsoever. I will be with the public. I will be on Milwaukee. Yeah, I, uh, I'm questioning how I'm going to play that game. I just think it's a funny and interesting dynamic, a handicapping situation. I got one in the WNBA tonight. I like the Sky short home favorites here against um, the Sparks. Too bad Candace Parker doesn't get to face her older t- her old team. Quigley also out, but I, I just think I think LA is pretty bad. No offense to our colleague Shanae Gumake, but I just think it's going to be a long season. So I'll lay three and a half with the Sky uh, tomorrow. There's no line, but I'm really I like with the Mercury how they played without Tarasi. I think um, Skylar Diggins is going to be much more of a kind of a higher usage rate. I think there's going to be some line value without Tarasi. I like them at the wings. Hopefully they'll be short little dogs there and, and they went out right. But anyway, that's my little, that's the, uh, the WNBA beat for you. Uh, predicting sides I'm on without knowing the point spread. There you go. <laughs> there's, one, there's one boxing uh, bout I want to mention. It's tomorrow right here in Las Vegas. And Joe, you and I, have uh, I gave you a heads up on it. You've been researching as Linares. Um, he's like, I got like plus 80 a couple weeks ago. My boxing guy, and I've mentioned him on the daily, on various podcasts, I do. He's pretty sharp and pretty good at singling out the underdogs. He gave me Lenars a while ago. He thinks he should be like a two-to-one dog. He's like plus 750 at some places uh, facing Haney. Um, it's worth a flyer. Let's just put it that way. You're getting some pretty big juice there. Devin Haney is an undefeated and very polished fighter. He's fantastic. But he's 22 years old, and he's never fought a fighter with this level of polish in Jorge Linares. That's what it comes down to. Linares has 52 career fights under his belt. You mentioned this on Daily Wager yesterday. In 2018, he put Lomachenko on the mat in the sixth round. On the mat, now he lost the fight in the 10th, but that's going toe-to-toe with an all-time world-class fighter. This guy's polished. He's been around the block. The knock is at 35 years old, he started to slow down a little bit. And that's why you see Haney as a massive favorite here, that maybe the Linares fight is a step up for Haney. He gets an opportunity to kind of pad the record, to take on a fighter with more prestige and to build up that brand a little bit. But there's no way it should be priced this high. Your guy is absolutely right. Linares is going to bring it in this fight. He's brought it against great fighters before. This is going to be a tough battle. And at that price, you can still get plus 600. Definitely get involved. Yeah, I mean, and then at the time, Lomachenko was best pound-for-pound fighter. So uh, it's about about basically being like acumen, the sweet science of boxing against this raw 22-year-old. And not raw necessarily, but, you know, doesn't have all quite the mileage on his tires, which could be a good thing, obviously. So it's worth a flyer. Have some fun on a Saturday. All right, my man, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the pod. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. We have a show Monday morning, so we'll set the slate on Memorial Day. 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We will see you then.